Good morning, everyone. I'm John Hockenberry. Would they have thought on the day of the founding of the NAACP that 100 years hence there would be an African-American president addressing the centennial celebration of the NAACP in New York City, which is exactly what happened last night? Uh, we have three people here to talk about it. Uh, Rehan Salam is a fellow at the New America Foundation and editor of The American Scene. He joins us from Berlin, Germany. And you uh, uh, witnessed the speech uh, this morning, correct, Rehan? Yes, sure did. And, of course, Farah Chidea, our friend, uh, often co-host, queen of the zeitgeist, a journalist, a friend of the takeaway. Hey. Farah Chidea joins us. Good morning. And you were covering the speech last night. Yeah, we did right? a special. The exactly. takeaway did a special. That's fantastic. And uh, Jerry Sam, Geraldine Sam, was the mayor of Lamarck, Texas, who we talked to at the top of the hour. Uh, she's on the line from her home in Lamarck, Texas, which is in Galveston County there. Geraldine, good morning once again. Good morning. What did you make of the speech last night? In many ways, uh, the legacy that Barack Obama talked about uh, of standing on giants is one that you can personally relate to. Well, actually, I I really appreciated his speech. I think that if I didn't know anybody, I would have thought that he had stolen some of my uh, speeches that I had given because uh, this speech that he gave was about no excuses. And uh, so I really like that because it's time out for blaming others for what we know that we should be doing as parents and what we in the community should be doing. For instance, myself, we will say what our schools don't have and don't need. I didn't make an excuse. What I did was I called Oprah Winfrey on the phone, and they found me over half a million donations for my school. So... Well, there you go. We've got to do our part. It's about empowerment and about community. And here, Barack Obama Obama is extending or at least attempting to challenge the NAACP to expand its vision in its next century. Make no mistake, the pain of discrimination is still felt in America by by African-American women paid less for doing the same work as colleagues of a different color and a different gender by Latinos made to feel unwelcome in their own country, by Muslim Americans viewed with suspicion simply because they kneel down to pray to their God, by our gay brothers and sisters still taunted, still attacked, still denied their rights. Farah this is the moment, really, where Barack Obama says the past is past, but uh, really the next hundred years is about broadening the civil rights agenda to include other groups. Do you think that message resonated in that hall last night? I think that there was actually a quite delicate balance along the lines of what Barack Obama did during the campaign, because he also spoke at a different point in the speech about the slave castles in Ghana. His recent trip to Ghana included uh, a trip to Uh, a dungeon above which there was a church. And he used that to a great applause line to say that basically isn't this hypocrisy to see people... Saying one thing and doing another. Yeah, exactly. So I think that this was in some ways a a, a rather distinct Obama speech where he called for responsibility on the part of uh, African-Americans locally, African-American leadership, but also said, look, there is structural inequality. He played both sides of that fence, and he did it with great rhetor- rhetorical flourish. Uh, Rehan Salam, uh, is it 
is it credible to think that the civil rights agenda for African-Americans does broaden to issues of gays and uh, issues of Muslims and uh, the others that uh, uh, he talked about in the speech last night? Or does it remain more a, a series of categories and, and advocates who work for their own groups and don't necessarily embrace? Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think it was very gutsy on his part. I think that a lot of American politicians have tried to speak differently to different audiences. Uh, this is one thing that you know people criticize the Clintons for, for example. You say one thing to a kind of conventional white liberal audience, you say another thing to an African-American audience. And I think that part of Barack Obama's uh, rhetorical strength is that he really makes an effort to give the same message to every audience. Uh, so in this message, you know, rather than just trying to please uh, conservatives or, say, liberals, he tried to challenge his audience in certain ways, while also, as uh, Farai said a moment ago, uh, linking together these structural questions with the idea of personal responsibility. Uh, and he embodies so much of this. I mean, he has this tremendous moral authority. As someone who is more on the right side of the political spectrum, there are many things I disagree with Barack Obama about. But these last two speeches, the speech in Ghana and also the speech to the NAACP, are things I think, you know, Americans across the political spectrum can really embrace because it's him not so much as a political or partisan leader, but as a moral leader. And I thought it was really extraordinary. All right. Let's uh, listen to him actually referring to some of those structural barriers that Farai talked about a moment ago. The most difficult barriers include structural inequalities that our nation's legacy of discrimination has left behind. Inequalities still plaguing too many communities and too often the object of national neglect. Geraldine Sam, mayor of Lamarck, Texas, uh, where are those structural inequalities most evident in your community? It's uh, most evident in our schools and uh, I would say uh, when people are going to um, make loans at banks. Uh, those structural inequalities still exist. We have people that are, I mean, in schools especially, because actually I'm a teacher as well as a mayor, uh, you see those all the time. Because the, the school that I teach at is 90% African American, but we don't have a lot of the things that you would see at other schools. And so those things are happening uh, in today's world. And so I see it Again, over and over again, with our young people, uh, you see that they don't have the technological uh, equipment that a lot of the other schools have. Other schools may have smart boards, but we're still using uh, the regular books in the classroom, but yet we're expected to compete at the same level as other schools. And the president, and, of course, talked a lot about education last night. That's and correct. Geraldine, Mayor, Mayor Sam, you need to get your chief of staff to replace those uh, batteries in the in the uh, smoke alarm there in your house. Thank you. All right, we can take care of that for you. Um, but, uh, you know, the, there is a question, not only in education, but also in health care, of a sense of deliverables that uh, African-Americans and other constituencies are soon going to begin demanding. Here's the president talking about health care last night at the NAACP speech. We know that even as spiraling health care costs crush families of all races, African-Americans are more likely to suffer from a host of diseases but less likely to own health insurance than just about anybody else. For Ichidea, where does that translate politically into votes and to pressure on senators for the legislation that is very much on the table right now? Well, um, I could give you a couple of answers. Uh, the first one is that I think that senators are concerned about reelection, and the ones who are up for reelection who have black people in their 
district will be very concerned if Barack Obama is getting folks all excited. But I think that this was meant to transcend the immediate uh, practicalities and really frame Barack Obama as a health care reformer. He has been using health care in his personal uh, missives that you get by email to do fundraising. And so when Barack Obama was speaking about health care, he was doing a few things, talking to the audience in the room, talking to the audience on TV, talking to Capitol Hill and talking to people who can give him money. Uh, Rahan, was this a stump speech on any of the legislative agenda in, in your view? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that as Farai just said, I mean, I think that this he was speaking to multiple audiences uh, in a sense. And so he is trying to you know beat this drum so that he can gain some momentum. And he's had he stumbled a bit in terms of trying to sell his healthcare approach. Uh, but I think that it was a very shrewd move because he has a deep and profound connection to this constituency. Uh, and, you know, even if his popularity erodes with other constituencies, he's going to have this as a solid base. So he wants to use it in such a way as to actually make forays to kind of hold on to that right. broader middle class base. Finally, Farai, you know, it struck me, and you mentioned that he talked about going to Ghana and experiencing the slave trade. Right. Um, you know, he is not descended, though, in the same way as most of the people in that room are from the slave experience and the slave identity in the United States. And particularly when he referred to his mother keeping him on track and giving him the opportunity, that was a white mother. So I'm wondering how Barack's experience is special from the people in that audience versus being more embracing and being a part of the NAACP. Well, I think that, you know, um, I would actually make the link to Michelle Obama. He made a he point. He certainly did. He made, yeah, he made a point of saying, you know, the next Barack Obama and the next Michelle Obama, because he was someone who made a point of saying he was uh, a guy from the south side of Chicago, which he's not. He's from Hawaii. But Michelle <laughs> is. And Michelle is descended from lines of African-Americans. I think they have blended these identities, African, white, African-American, as they move forward. And he has taken on uh, a bit of hers. Uh, Rehan Salam, quickly. Can he give this speech again, or does it begin to get redundant and sing-song and deliverables are about what the Obama administration needs to look at now? I think this is exactly what he's going to be remembered for in 20, 30 years, his ability to communicate with this community in a very frank and open and tough-minded way. All right, Rehan Salam and Farai Chideh, thanks so much for being a part of the takeaway. Geraldine Sam, you have a great day today, all right, Mayor? Okay, and thank you so much. Geraldine Sam is the mayor of Lamarck, Texas, one of those African-American leaders that Barack Obama said stands on the shoulders of giants in the civil rights struggle. I'm David Remnick, and each week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, my colleagues and I unpack what's happening in a very complicated world. You'll hear from the New Yorker's award-winning reporters and thinkers, Jelani Cobb on race and justice, Jill Lepore on American history, Vincent Cunningham and Gia Tolentino on culture, Bill McKibben on climate change, and many more. To get the context behind events in the news, listen to the New Yorker Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts.